This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-3620. That's 800-261-3620. Well, welcome back to Reality G-O-V-T, which if it rhymes a little bit with Reality TV, that's how I intended it. And who would have guessed the first candidate arrested this year, the first candidate for president of the United States arrested this year would be a Republican, sort of. Very tossed. Welcome back, my dear friends, my partners, my radio family. I am Jay Severin. We are, and we are, together, the Blaze Radio Network. I have something to tell you and ask you as a matter of trust, as important as anything of you I've ever before asked, and that is to believe me. I believe you do believe me. And one of the reasons I believe you believe me is that I don't believe that once in my career, I don't mean once in my career with the Blaze Radio Network, I don't mean once in my career, I've ever been accused by my biggest critic, my biggest hater of any kind of copycatism, also known as plagiarism. You know, that was a, that was a nice idea, Jay, except X or Y or Z you know, said it yesterday or something like that. And I pride myself on that because never in my life have I committed or would knowingly even flirt with what I regard as the worst white-collar crime there is in my profession, which is plagiarism. I know some names guilty of it, which names you would know, but that's not my purpose here. My purpose here is that many times... Many, many frustrating times I put down in my show notes an idea, a line, an angle, only to have someone else mention it before 3 o'clock. Glenn or Pat or Stu or Jeffy or Rush. Some Someone else mentions it. And I'm left with the choice, well, this is no longer original. And if I go with it like it is, somebody's going to think that I, uh, that I stole it from Glenn or from Rush. And I, I can't ever run that risk. Sometimes, as I've told you, I do. When, 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 when I have an original thought that, I, that is absolutely original, if someone else thinks of it too, I'll mention it. But I'll, I'll still mention it and claim it as my own because it is. 
you know, a mistake of the clock is not going to deprive me of, of an original idea I had, although it does force me to cite for you that it's no longer original. Such is quasi the case right now. And I want you to know that I, I was thinking earlier, uh, what do I invoke? And I hope I needn't invoke much to persuade you. In fact, I, I hope given our bond, I don't have to invoke anything, but I will. I feel that strongly about it because I am so proud of this angle. I couldn't wait to share it with you. I was beaming. I was laughing. I was screaming to my child bride, listen to this, listen to what I thought of. And I wrote it down in my notes. And two hours later, it happened. I, I just want you to know, I hope it's unnecessary, but what I'm about to say and what I've just said about this being an original thought that preceded the breaking news, that preceded the breaking news, I swear to you on my life, on my soul, on the lives and souls of my family, that what I'm telling you is the truth. Two hours ago, I wrote a couple things from my show notes, including this. Is Trump breaking the law? Is he breaking it in letter, in the letter of the law? Maybe. Is he breaking it in the spirit of the law? Certainly. Might he be prosecuted for assault? Plausibly. Is it at least something like fire, shouting fire in a crowded theater? Yeah, something like that. Is Trump more or less culpable than the most vociferous disruptors that come with the intention of denying him and his audience free speech? Is he more or less culpable than them when he says, among other things, I'd like to punch them in the face, in the old days, we knew what to do with them. They'd be taken out if you're on stretchers. When he says that to a live, frantic audience, does he violate either the letter, yes, or the spirit, yes. I'm sorry, the letter may be, plausibly, the spirit, absolutely, of the law. Guru Jay's cosmic question and as I wrote it down two hours ago, exclusively here. Well, it's no longer exclusively here because about 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago, it was put out over the wires. But let me tell it to you as I wrote it down two, maybe three hours ago. Guru Jay's cosmic question heard here exclusively on the Blaze Radio Network. Based on what I've just said, could, even will, a local judge, probably a Democrat, in some jurisdiction in which someone assaults a disruptor at a Trump rally, which has already happened, and in which rally Trump has, quote-unquote, called for violence, or encouraged violence, and then that violence occurs, is there going to be some local judge 
that tries to indict, arrest Donald Trump? Or say, should a riot ensue inside or outside the venue? Car fires, building fires, fights with police, the kind of thing we saw on Friday night. If that happens because Donald Trump is appearing somewhere, he's utterly innocent. If that's happening because Donald Trump is appearing somewhere and before a live crowd is screaming, punch them in the face, take them out of here on stretchers. In the law, that very plausibly is viewed differently. If anything like this happens, I wrote two or three hours ago, and it has, can some judge comb through Trump's remarks and find a, quote, link to Trump's remarks and the violence. If you think this is ludicrous, though many of us are not old enough to recall the Chicago 8, later the Chicago 7, and cases since, I'll tell you about them because in the case of the Chicago 7, I was there, as I've many times over the course of my career shared without much pride, uh, shared with you. I was there. I covered it. Okay. Okay, enough with the fantasy, you say. Let's at least agree on this. Now, I don't have time to do this second part. So let me finish off part A. As I was screaming in joy and pride to my child bride, listen to this. Listen to what I thought of. Listen to what I get to share with the best and brightest this afternoon. Half an hour, 20 minutes before the show, someone on Fox was handed a piece of paper and said, a local judge in North Carolina is seeking arrest or indictment of Donald Trump for assaults, for violence that occurred at his encouragement at one of his events. The Chicago 7 were indicted for crossing interstate lines to incite violence. It's a federal offense. It's a federal offense. Now, this isn't a federal judge so far as I know. In fact, I know very little and very few people know very much about this case so far. Except on my life, on my soul, this was what I came up with as the result of the natural progression of my tweets this weekend, if you saw them, and my observations. I said, how long can it be before the natural evolution of this is that the first candidate arrested in this election ain't Hillary, it's Trump. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-3620. That's 800-261-3620. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-3620. That's 800-261-3620. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Reality G-O-V-T, if you know what I mean. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, and one of Guru Jay's predictions, which Guru Jay got stolen from him, I was, I was writing this down two or three hours ago, and when, when half an hour ago Fox News read it, I was screaming. At the, I went from yelling to my wife, honey, where do you see what I thought of, to screaming at the television, no. No, stop it. You can't report this now. I don't care what happened. You can't report this now. You report this at 10 minutes after 3 Eastern. A judge in North Carolina is seeking to arrest or indict Donald Trump because of violence, which the judge says, and I haven't read his statement yet. I'm I'm rolling this off of what Fox was reporting, off the wires, that the judge says Trump caused and is... Uh, legally culpable, legally responsible for because of what he said and the conditions and everything else. I remind you, the Chicago 8, later 7, were all indicted on the federal offense of conspiracy to cross interstate lines to incite, not commit, to incite violence. Nobody in the Chicago 8 was ever indicted or arrested or charged with or accused of committing an act of violence. But in the law of conspiracy, you don't need to commit the violence yourself. You can conspire with others or inspire others to commit it. And if they do, you have engaged in a criminal conspiracy, which in the Chicago 8, later 7 case, was a very heavy federal offense. So let's Can we agree on this? We don't know what will become of this legal case, maybe nothing. Ty and I were chewing this over extensively during a break, and one thing that occurs to me, Ty, until we ran out of time and went back to the show, one thing that occurred to me from uh, Ty thought of something I forgot, which is extremely important, and that is not only did Trump say, you know, we like to smash him in the face, old days, we take him out on stretchers, all of that. He also said, oh, you know, and I'll pay their legal fees. I promise you that's going to be a key part of testimony in this. Where will this where will this criminal pursuit go? Maybe nowhere. I could tell you where what is else is going to happen that no one's reported. That was part of my morning that I do get to say to you exclusively on the Blaze Radio Network. That young black man that was assaulted at the Trump rally, he's gonna sue Trump for fifty cabillion dollars. That man is going to sue Trump for 50 cabillion, whether or not Trump gets arrested. That young man has a civil case. He may or may not win it. 
But he has a civil case against Donald Trump for the same reasons we now have a judge getting ready to act criminally here. Well, (laughs) yeah, act criminally, exactly. No, act in a criminal fashion. People who get punched at Trump rallies where he said those things probably have a a 75 gazillion dollar civil case in damages against Trump. But for now, on until until we learn exactly what's happening legally and what are the prospects of such legalities, can we at least agree on this? The 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 dirty, not little, not secret that's been circulating throughout our souls and our communities, whether or not we've talked about it personally, is this man Trump. The, the word temperament is the one word that has universally and timelessly been used to characterize the most important virtue a man or woman can have for job of president of the United States. Imagine Trump in a situation when Iran took our gunboats. I think he'd drop a bomb on Tehran. You need to have temperance. You need to be surrounded by men and women who say to you, Mr. President, I'm not sure that would be the best course of action. Whom do you think Trump will surround himself with? People who are going to disagree? Or other big orange-haired men that use four cans of spray paint and lacquer on their hair every day? Is this man of the temperament to be president of the United States? Is he of the character so let's, can we at least consider and agree on this? Trump, at the very least, morally, yeah, there's politically, there's legally, but morally, at the very least, is Trump not required to vigorously and clearly denounce any violence on his behalf and to condemn those who commit it? Can we at least ask this of Trump? With everything else he says and gets away with, with all of the profound and dangerous mysteries he creates about what he will do to this country, with all of the failures to answer our questions and curiosities that are standard practice in a presidential effort, with all of his shortcomings, for all his bombast, for all his spitefulness, I know that he represents vengeance, welcome vengeance to a lot of us against the media, against Obama, against the establishment. I dig that. I feel it too. I, you know, there's something in me. There's some little devil on my shoulder that, that, that says to me, yes, every time Trump pokes his thumb in the eye of a member of the political or media establishment, but that does not a president make. Can we at least settle on this, that Trump has a moral responsibility to condemn violence on his behalf and those who commit it? And I share with you this note. It's true, is it not? We tend not to be aware of these things in the moment. But whether we are watching something smarmy on television, twerking, da-da, or the cross-section of smarmy movies of the cultural moment, Yes, now even including a campaign for president. 
we often neglect in the moment to ask ourselves as we as we look on this with knowing disdain and apprehension and anxiety we we too infrequently ask ourselves where is this going what is the logical outcome of this where does this railroad line go because there's really only one place a railroad line can go railroad track i mean i know there are switches and you can go to different cities but you know what i'm saying when a train is going down the track and there's only one track between here and st louis there's only one place for the train to go what is the logical outcome of this where does this train go because it was not the violence at trump events were merely predictable They were probably an unavoidable outcome of Donald Trump and his candidacy, of the man, of the temperament of Trump. That's where the train is coming from. That's where the train is. That's where the train goes. You know, we are obligated to ask ourselves a similar question about a Trump presidency. Where is this going? Where is the only place it can go? Scary question and answer. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, best and brightest. That would be most of us. Uh, And in addition, I'm also hearing from uh, Trump reporters, uh, or rather supporters, uh, in bulk on uh, Twitter, via Twitter the last few few minutes. Uh, here's, Here's a typical one. Here's a representative one. Hold on, it's coming. Uh, you're an effing GD moron. You should drink bleach and light yourself on fire. That's a strong argument, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, I've been studying law and arguments and journalism my whole life, and that is a strong argument. Uh, that is persuasive. I, I just don't, you, you know... It's too late to apply to Harvard Law School for this coming semester, but you really ought to consider it with natural reasoning abilities like that. Uh, Actually, the handle of the person who sent this is, I think, microchip, which uh, it is microchip. So uh, it's it's half true uh, because it would be descriptive of his uh, of his brain. It's a it's a chip in size and certainly micro in size. But it certainly doesn't have the power of a microchip. Uh, it probably doesn't have the power of burning a square inch of cow dung, which they tell me is a very effective uh, fire agent in the poorer parts of the world. Welcome back to Reality GOVT. Welcome back to Super, no, Real Super Tuesday Eve. And throughout the house, all the creatures were stirring, including this louse. 
Ted Cruz won the Wyoming primary. <laughs> Try to keep down the uh, excitement here. Ted Cruz, uh, by the way, if you want to know what's going on during the weekend and and want it concisely, you can always join me on Twitter at J-A-Y underscore Severin, S-E-V-E-R-I-N, at J underscore Severin. Because if you were to look back and read my tweets from Friday night until last night, you would have a summary of, secondarily, you'd have a summary of all the news that occurred uh, with regard to the presidential campaign, but you would also have, uh, forgive my immodesty, uh, risk I'm sometimes willing to take, you would also have unique analysis and insight about what those things mean and what's going to happen next. The only problem with my tweets is Friday nights are useless by Saturday morning. Saturday mornings are useless by Saturday afternoon because they're all predictive and ahead of time and modest. Ted Cruz wins Saturday Wyoming primary. Not a lot of delegates, but enough to take the headlines away from anybody else and enabling Ted to pull within, what is it, 70, 80 delegates of Trump? Of course, that even, even I wrote this when it happened, and this is old now. Oh, postscript. Have you noticed that I didn't give you the phone number? 1-888-900-3393. We are including not only commentary on the fact that Donald Trump, as predicted, is may be arrested or indicted, that someone is going to try and arrest him in connection with his comments and the violence that has taken place at his rallies. And the interesting things about some of the imbeciles that have written, uh, like Microchip, is that I never said I thought that was a good idea. What I did was ask a series of questions. Were they leading questions? Maybe. Were they insinuating questions? Quite possibly. Did I make a series of declarative? Did I proffer a series of declarative statements? No. Even the strongest statement I made was a question. Is it fair to ask whether Donald Trump should morally be held responsible for some of the things he says? <laughs> Question mark. You know, so microchip, I could see how offended you must be at the notion that a, a candidate for president of the United States might morally be held morally. I said, aside from legally and politically, morally held responsible for the things he or she says. And man, how offended you are. Woo! Woohoo! I love it. But you'll notice I've been doing this a while. And uh and I'm a natural born. 
I'm a natural born litigator and good luck trying to find me making a statement when I could have asked a question. Good luck. You have the tape. We got, we'll provide everything. Everything here is fair game, open. Anything I've said, open to inspection. You will find that you will be disappointed if you're, you, you will find your recollection, your passionate recollection uh, does not line up with the facts. But micro, I have a feeling that you're accustomed to that sensation. Postscript, have you noticed in the last couple of days, I mean, really, maybe the last 24 hours, Ted has adopted, Ted Cruz has adopted an, a completely different new speaking style. It, it, it appears to be. Maybe it was just, he had an, maybe he had some Red Bull and, 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 and he's not going to have any more. I don't know. But in the last several clips of appearances Ted Cruz has made, he has adopted or practiced, I won't yet say embraced, a different speaking style. It is very peppy. It is very energetic. It is boom, boom, boom. It is far less scholarly. It is rhetorically more appealing. It is more energetic. And I'm not sure that he feels that it fits him yet naturally, like a new skin. I'm not sure he's comfortable in it yet. But, but, I think it must be an improvement over, you know, the annual Oliver Wendell Holmes Harvard Law School lecture on the evolving intricacies of the laws of real estate. The, he, he at some point had to reduce the gap between the automatic, you know, if we had a brain scan on everyone and we said, Trump, it lights up. Like if I said to most American men, porn, you know, or if I'm sitting there minding my own business and Marie Osmond comes on with the Weight Watchers or whatever it is commercial, you know, whatever that part of my brain, the lizard part that lights up, you say Trump and the lizard part of your brain lights up. You say, but what, what lights up is the part when you say to a six-year-old, we're going to the circus. That's the part that gets all jazzed the part of the brain. When I say to you, Ted Cruz, the part of your brain that gets all jazzed is the part of your brain that, like when I say to you, we're going to hear a really good Presbyterian sermon about sin. And let's just say it jazzes a different part of the brain and uh, and not as much. So I, I I hope that Ted is thinking about a more energetic speaking style, and it would appear that he is. Uh, Fox News reported last night that is a show, it may be the best political show on television. It's on Fox at 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday nights, and the re- the only reason it may be the best uh, a political show on television is because the best pollster and political analyst, the most accurate, gifted, best pollster analyst who probably ever lived is one of three permanent panelists on the show. His name is Doug Schoen. I've known Doug for 30 years. And as uh, we like to say, we're as close as two heterosexual men can be. 
we've we've shared uh, season hockey tickets, and that's as close as two heterosexual men can be. Uh, he's he's the best there ever was, and even now he advises uh, more campaigns than anyone knows and heads of state in innumerable foreign countries, foreign campaigns, foreign presidents, foreign political parties. He, he's made himself a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, but, but as much the most brilliant guy in the business without ever sacrificing his conscience. conscience. And he happens to be, so when I said that we were as close, to be perfectly honest now, when I said we were as close as two heterosexual men can be, I didn't tell the whole truth. We actually were as close as heterosexual Republican and Democrat can be. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Can some judge comb through Trump's remarks and find a, quote, link to Trump's remarks and the violence? I believe that has a question mark at the end of it, doesn't it? It's called an interrogatory uh, in formal terms. It's a question. Uh Fox News reported, welcome back, best and brightest. So much to do. Real Super Tuesday Eve right now. one 3393 Do you wish to stand forward in the court of truth? Well, then draw nigh and be heard. one 3393 one 3393 Fox reported last night. Uh, say again, Ty. Thank you. Uh... Fox report last night, Mitch McConnell's office is organizing meetings of various politicians, including Democrats, as I understand it, to uh, meet and to deny, to figure out a way to deny Trump the nomination no matter what. Yeah, you know what, you know what that's called? I'm pretty sure it's called the Republican National Committee uh, meeting, which happens in April. And this is something that there has been the greatest misunderstanding about. And that is the rule, understandably, understandably, it ain't, it ain't exciting stuff. You know, it's not primetime TV, believe me. But there's just one fact about this. I want you, because you're here, I want to make sure you know, and I've said it before, the rules under which and by which everything will happen at the Republican convention include the first ballot loyalty rule. Everybody who's who's looking at this that I know of, I don't know a single prominent person who has talked about this in any medium who is not making this mistake. They're saying, well, of course, whatever happens, let's say people show up and no one has a majority of delegate votes, but they have a plurality you know, that means they're going to get all those votes on the first ballot and there won't be a first ballot victory and therefore it will be a contested election. 
Who says? Question mark. Who says? Question mark. The I'll tell you who says. Reince Priebus, old prince, and and the rest of the like like two or three people who sit down at a table with a bottle of bourbon and decide these things. The first I've heard people, a lot of prominent people say, well, of course, they can change the rules once they have the first ballot. Wrong. They can change the rules, including the first ballot, whenever they want. The the notion that delegates pledged to Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Kasich, who were won by them, fair and square, in a primary, the notion that they must cast their vote for them on the first ballot is true today. But the RNC leadership can change the rules, any rule, any rule, any time they want, for any reason. So the notion that the delegates won by the candidates... If we fast forward several months and we're looking at each of the candidates and the number of uh, ballots that they have, let's assume one of them does have a majority. And the media tells you, well, it's all over. It's all over. X has 1,237 delegates. It's all over. The next morning, the RNC can meet in a phone booth and change the first ballot delegate loyalty rule. And they can free they can free everybody to vote their conscience, as they will call it. And vote your conscience. Would you like the translation of that? Vote your conscience, delegates, actually means you will shut up and vote for who we tell you to vote for rule. And they can do that whenever they like. Got it? Question mark. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network, this question, question, who would have guessed the first candidate arrested in this election? No, wait, let me start over. Who would have guessed a candidate in this election could be arrested? Question number two, who would have guessed it might be, after all, a Republican of sorts? Excelsior. Welcome back to your partners, dear friends. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Together we are the Blaze Radio Network. Tomorrow, <clears throat> the realest of real Super Tuesdays thus far. Tomorrow night, live Blaze After Dark coverage from nine p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Do join us. We'll have the results as fast as anyone else. 
and we'll have the correct analysis only here. It is my experience that when Jason from D.C. holds from me for longer than three or four minutes, he has something uh, brilliant uh, to say. And so I would be dumber than I am to make him hold any more. Jason, welcome back. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. I just wanted to touch on a couple things uh, that a lot of people might not be aware of. There's a lawsuit going on right now in the courts that is suing the Commission on Presidential Debates for the inclusion of third parties into the debates if a set candidate is on enough ballots in enough states to theoretically win the 270 electoral college votes. And what sort of injunctive relief realistically do they seek at this point? Further debates in well, this in this schedule or next time around? <clears throat> no, this will be for this year. What their, their argument essentially is that the Republican and Democratic parties are operating as a cartel, whereby politics is not just about free speech, but it's also obviously about big money. And mm-hmm. the two of the parties collude together to set up this unrealistic threshold of a candidate, according to their thing, has, uh, their guidelines, has to be polling above 15 percent in five separate polls. Now, what we've learned recently is like with the Michigan thing where Bernie Sanders somehow has this, you know, 20 point swing that nobody ever thinks about, uh, right. that nobody right. uh, saw coming. And the fact that Gallup, the, the organization that I think essentially invented presidential polling, has said that they're Pretty getting much. out of the Gallup business and because Harris they can't do World it. War II. Yes. Absolutely. So well, what, what the, are your feelings? One polling, what, it, in principle, what, you, what is your sense of this? My, my I mean, if you were, if you were a federal judge, States, are you inclined yeah, to hear yeah, this? I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I look at it as both political parties are colluding no more than Coke and Pepsi would to keep another brand of soda off the shelf. And on par with the arguments that people make about Citizens United being about money, which we know when you have three or more candidates in the race, according to the book Freakonomics, which looked at the data, money essentially Mm -hmm. goes to almost no effect in a three or more race. So in this turn of events that we've seen here with the rise in the Trump candidacy, if at the final debate, presidential debates, we have a Republican, a Democrat, and most likely a Libertarian and a Green Party candidate on the stage, there is a huge, huge way that politics as we know it will be completely upended because the computer models that we use for, for elections today cannot function in this type of four-man race. And this, this will completely upend the way things are going because the question is, well, do I give $100 million to the Republicans or do I put $2 million right. in I mean, Jill Stein's yes. Green Party? So, Jason, the, I appreciate the call, about, and I don't yeah, yeah. mean to—I don't mean to cut you off, uh, and and I, I'm going to respond to you. But what we we're not talking about like really. Uh, this is not a, a Playboy centerfold that we've picked here exactly. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. Uh, we're in a ratings-driven audience, and the audience cares about politics. But I'm not sure how much they care about an inchoate federal court case involving the Green Party. <clears throat> If I were a judge, I wouldn't hear the case. Uh, at least, I don't think it's I don't think it's ripe for consideration at this point. I certainly would not hear it on the basis of qualification by virtue of getting on a state ballot. Any nut in the world can get on a state. I can get on a state ballot. You want the proof that this is a bad idea? I could get on a state ballot. Any nut in the world can go stand down at the mall and get enough signatures if they don't bathe or work 
long enough to stand down on a box at the mall and collect signatures for three years uh, on this grimy piece of paper, they might get enough signatures to get on a state ballot. That's that's not a that's not a measure of worthiness to be included. It seems to me in the in the national election, it, perhaps there is a rule that is out there floating around, ready to be selected, and it could be a percentage of the vote that you receive somehow. Otherwise, I just the, the fact that you get on a state ballot, if someone, I read Freakonomics. I don't remember this. I don't recall this. Uh, I don't recall this section of it, but someone ought to put together, Freakonomics did not, the list of names and 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 ballot uh, lines on which people have qualified for individual state ballots. You have every, you have like sex with farm animals party. People with their name attached to it. That, that they'll get on the ballot. The the American Vegetable Party. There, the the we we the moon landing was faked, and I'm going to live on Jupiter. Party. Anybody can get on the ballot. So I'm not being a wise guy. You know I like you uh, and admire you and your thinking process. But on the basis of what you've presented, this is another thing. Not you, but 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 many Americans don't understand. Judges and courts do not have in their job description making suggestions to you. If you present the court with an argument, oral and written arguments, and the judges sit there and 99.9% of the time they sit there and say, oh, if he had only said this, oh, if you had only argued this, Oh, that's a great big fat point to knock down your opposition if you'd only said this. No federal judge on earth has the job of coming back and 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 finding based on what you might have said. That's not their job. Even if they believe that potentially you harbor, you possess the right argument, you're going to lose in court. Because they can only judge based on what you have presented. They cannot make your case for you. And again, Jason, I'm not saying you fell short here. I'm saying your recitation of the facts of this case, I take to be accurate. Well, if the basis of this case on the part of the plaintiff is that I'm being denied being on the Fox debate with Hillary Clinton and whoever the Republican nominee is because I got on a state ballot, you would have 2,700 nutballs up on the stage, including Hillary Clinton and the Republican nominee. We'll be right back. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. 
And best and brightest together we are, the Blaze Radio Network. You know, Ty and I were just noticing the same thing. That at J underscore Severin, every, there's a lot of, lot of Twitter traffic. There, there is not one, and most, most of it seems to us is coming from Donald Trump supporters. Fine. We can't find one that expresses in any positive terms why they're supporting Trump. So I invite you, if you don't wish to call with it, at one 3393 We both, Ty and I both recognize why Trump is attractive a figure at a certain, for, at least for a certain amount of time, and why he has proven useful in a certain way. Ty, you want to give your quick soliloquy? Well, the the one thing is he got rid of Jeb Bush and, and some of the rhinos pretty quickly, quicker than in the process than if he was not involved. And yeah, I think he flushed, he helped flush the system. Right. And he added people to the electorate. And generally, I'm a person who thinks that's a positive. But yeah, as far right. as him actually being president, I personally don't have anything positive to say about him as a candidate. All right. There's ties. Mine is I don't disagree with a single utterance of ties and i have really nothing much to add to it except to say i truly would be grateful if you would educate me us on why you believe donald trump would make a good president i understand what he's done with the process as ty expressed he 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 has been a kind of drano that flushed out a crappy system and flushed a lot of things and people out of the pipes much earlier than would have happened by the old decayed rusting system. But you don't drink Drano. You use it to flush the pipes and then you put it away, away from children and pets. You don't cook with it. Okay. So I appreciate the role he's playing. I said earlier, I Love it, too, when Donald Trump jams a thumb into the eye socket of the arrogant mainstream media or politicians. I love it. If there is a part of me, I have got that little devil on my shoulder that, that says, yeah, yeah, go for it. Great. Because he's poking these, he's, he's afflicting the comfortable, so to speak. I like that. But. That's that's great. That's great. He's done that. Uh, I'm willing to concede he's doing that. Although the usefulness of that is is kind of wearing down and wearing out. What I want to know is, whereas I could tell you why I believe Ted Cruz would be a good president, and I believe those of us who are for Marco Rubio could tell you why, even those of us for Kasich, even those of us for Hillary, cheese whiz, even those of us for BS, Bernie Sanders, probably could tell you one or two reasons, qualities, something, why they would be a good president. I would love to know 
why you think that's why well, I'm not asking for a PhD dissertation, just a couple of words. Why would notwithstanding the things that we concede Trump has done that's shaken up the system? Okay, that's a campaign matter. What as as for actually being president of the United States, what is it? Foreign policy, domestic policy, taxation. Do you know not once has Donald Trump said he would cut taxes? And I don't, you know, I not to be selfish, but the single most important two domestic things for me, I mean, as as a single voter, as Jay, the two things that matter most to me in a president in this order, cut my taxes, secure my border. Trump has promised to do one. You may or may not agree in the manner, fashion in which he's decided he will do so and may ever actually do so. Uh, Let's concede that. Fine. Let's say he does what he says he'll do. I'm astounded that no one is promising to cut my taxes. And you know what? I don't think that I've heard Ted Cruz tell me he's going to cut my taxes either. Anyway, long story short, tell us why. Help educate us. Why, why would Donald Trump make a good president of the United States? All things considered. one 888 on uh, via tweet at J underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. Let's, uh, oh, Rick from St. Louis. Welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I can I can answer why Trump uh, would or would not make, well, let me, let me answer. Let me answer. I think we're all stocked up with would not. So yeah. Maybe you could give us I, I've would. Got, I've got two words. He wouldn't. Okay. That's my that's my opinion, of course. But you know, I will say this: I think where uh, Mr. Trump really erred was when he first started to run. Uh, he he Agreed. brought up issues that that should have been brought up, and he pushed them. But where I think he really erred was halfway halfway through what he's done so far. He should have stopped and said, "American people, yes." I am for the country. I am for you. But I brought these questions up so that these other people would have to answer them. Now hold their feet to the fire because you have their answers. Okay. I'm and I, you know, down. in fairness, I think he has to a degree, perhaps smaller than we might have liked and would have been a ideal. I think he's done that to some degree as part oh, of what, you know, I'm happier that when this is all over, I hope I I will be happier on balance, even if by 1%. I hope I'm happier that there was a Donald Trump in this campaign than not because of the remedial effect he has had on the system, on the pipes. Yes, and he has gotten... It can only go so far. Yeah, but Mr. Severin, he's also gotten more people to actually wake up and say, did you hear what he said? Well, wait a second now. What are the other people saying? He's brought some... I don't want to say notoriety, but he's ab- he's absolutely brought some interest into the actual race itself. But that's oh, there's no question. Mind. Let me just say, yeah. Let me just say this, and let there's me get no, off. Let me, I just let me say very quickly, and I yield back to you. The 
the okay. the fact you know everything is money dollars everything is Super Bowl commercials and this the the campaign are you kidding me elections elections in the United States have suddenly become like Super Bowl commercials you buy commercials in the presidential uh, debates it's like buying a Super Bowl commercial that's what tells you it's it's become of interest to people who never before cared agreed agreed wholeheartedly. But that's really not the reason I called in. <laughs> um, the reason I called <laughs> so in... So you buried because, your lead, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, well, let's give it a try. Uh, okay. This past Saturday, I was at the Ted Cruz uh, rally here in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. to give you a little bit of my background, I've been in sales and a business owner for 45 years. I, I learned at a very young age and at a very... In, in the School of Hard Knocks, how to read a person's personality by their body language, by what you hear, by what you can see, and what you can see that they prove, because nothing can be done in a second, okay? It takes time. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to sit down and listen to, or actually sit down and stand up, and listen to Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina, okay? And both of them came onto the stage. Both of them, uh, you know, said what what they wanted to say without a script, all by all by mental clarity, and quite honestly, I was able to look into both of their eyes. And I can look into a person's eyes. I'm not saying I'm some wizard, but most everybody can. You look in a person's eyes, you can tell if they're lying to you or not. Ted Cruz does not lie. When I look into his eyes, I don't see anything shifty. I see conviction. And that's I what got 30 I seconds, so be a time. wizard and complete your uh, topic. I can do it in 10. I really think that's what this country needs, is someone who has conviction to what they are actually saying that's for the good of the country. Thank you so much. Uh, Rick, no, I greatly appreciate it. Here's my only opposition very quickly. I don't know if that's fair enough, enough, because maybe Trump really believes what he says, but what he believes ain't good. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. No, we are on the eve of the real Super Tuesday, and, you know, I've said that before, and it's been true. Each Tuesday subsequently is more super than the preceding one by virtue of the arithmetic. Just like each debate is greater and more important than the preceding one. That's true, too. The next debate will be more important. Well, you know what? That may not be true. There may not be any debates after tomorrow uh, because reportedly Trump is refusing to do any more. And we will see based on the results tomorrow whether he feels he needs to amend that. By the way, I evidently uh, erred when I said that that Ted, you know, I, I said I don't recall. I believe I said I don't recall Ted talking about cutting my taxes. Well, that was a true statement. I don't recall. Again, I know this may annoy you, but, you know, I rarely answer in a fashion such that I can get pinned down. I do make declarations, but often I answer it 
in a way that Clinton would be proud of. I believe I said I, I don't believe that I recall Ted talking about cutting my taxes. And that's a true statement because anything I say where I begin with the words I don't recall, I'm the world's foremost authority on my opinion. So remember, if you're ever in a deposition, you always say, I don't recall. That way you don't commit perjury. So I didn't recall Ted talking. I still don't recall Ted talking about cutting my taxes. But many of you have educated me via Twitter that Ted has proposed a flat tax and a cut in the business tax. I didn't, the business tax doesn't register with me because I'm not, you know, a businessman per se. So that could go in and out of my mind very quickly. But the the flat tax, I, I, I now seem to recall that and 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 you're you're right. I'm wrong. Thank you for the education. That's all I could say. You know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And when I'm wrong, or when my memory fails, in my case, when you're wrong, you're wrong. When I'm wrong, my memory failed. <laughs> Frank from Pennsylvania, welcome. Jay, brother, I How are need you? To, I need to thank you and commend you. I, I, I'm sure that uh, your listeners probably appreciate this more than your network even knows, but yours is one of the few shows that I have been able to listen to and not hear some inane First Amendment claim of defense for Trump speech. Anywhere across yours and several other networks, uh, including show preceding yours, where you think people would know better that the Bill of Rights is a list of negative rights, just like Obama actually got this correct. It's a negative rights for the government. It's what they can't. I, do. I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree. The Bill of Rights, it, it, all, it, the language as well as the intent, if you know the history of it, but just taking from the language. The government shall not, shall not, right. shall not. It's a risk. There's, there's nowhere in the Bill of it's, Rights that says you shall not or I shall not. It's the government shall not. Right. Shall not I, deprive I, freedom of speech, assembly, practice right. of religion. And, shall not abridge our right to own firearms. Shall not quarter troops. Shall not cause someone to be a witness against oneself. It's all, it's all, it's the Bill of Rights is a, a bill of the most affirmative possible libertarian rights in the world it is telling the government what it cannot do i agree and 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 i'm hearing this first amendment claim everywhere about how people are being denied their first amendment rights and i'm when did the troops show up to stop trump from speaking well look the first amendment and i hate to admit it but the first amendment like all others can be subject to consideration depending on the degree of use or abuse, it is possible to abuse uh, a, a a a right. And it, as Oliver Wendell Holmes said, the First Amendment, uh, our protect is. Would you take the tea kettle off, please? It's a bile. I'm sorry, that's my truck, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I have it looked at. It when when did uh, you last <laughs> change the oil? You sound like the week. Tin Woodsman from The Wizard of Oz. The truck does. A, Sell it to a, some a, poor a, sucker it's now. It's a semi-truck. It makes lots of funny noises. All right. All right. Uh, Sorry. Uh, here, there you are working for a living, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm mocking you for your machinery. All right. Look, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, all rights are theoretically subject to abuse. And as Oliver Wendell Holmes brilliantly and historically said, free speech does not include the right to yell 
fire in a crowded theater. Now, as that was later explained and has been applied in constitutional law, federal law since, what it means is you are not able to use the First Amendment as a blanket protection against incitement to violence or incitement to riot. When, 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 when Al Sharpton went up to Harlem and stood in front of Freddie's Fashion Mart on 125th Street and went into a harangue about the Jews in Harlem and the Jews were taking all the money and the Jews owned all the stores and the Jews were taking all the black money and the Jews were doing this and the Jews were doing that. And then he said, right behind me here, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, behind me here, Freddie's Fashion Mart, a Jew, you know, let, let, you know, they, owns this store and everyone was going, yeah, yeah, burn it down. Yeah, yeah. And Al Sharpton, as I recall, was either indicted or mere, barely escaped indictment in the case of Freddie's Fashion Mart because the crowd, which he was urging on, broke into Freddie's Fashion Mart, burned it to the ground, and I think killed Freddie. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not citing that as an absolute. Let's use it as a hypothetical because I don't recall now the facts of the case. But let's use it as let's use it as a hypothetical. You know, who would say that that deserves First Amendment protection when you unambiguously, given your position or the circumstances? That's why we have judges. You know, if I were at the rally, one person, I was in row one twelve, seat J. And I stood up and said, let's get him. I don't think I could be arrested for anything. Because I'm one person and probably me saying, let's get him, whoever him is, probably wouldn't do it. You know, or like there's a protester and I sell, you know, let's get him. I don't, I don't know really that I, that one person could be held responsible. But if you're the speaker up at the lectern in front of 20,000 people, and again, I'm I'm not saying Trump did this. I'm this is hypothetical. But it's a it's a it's a first cousin of what he did. If you go up there and stand at the lectern, you have twenty thousand people, and you're on the verge of being a mob, and you stoke the mob and someone's you know, does something and you say, Yep, you know, I wish I could punch him in the fire down there, I'd punch him in the face. We'd take him out on stretchers. I'll pay your legal bills. And then someone does do that. All I could tell you is I, there are laws. They may be unconstitutional, and maybe a judge will so find. But in my lifetime, I personally have known people, two of whom I was pretty close to, uh, that were indicted and arrested and spent a lot of time in jail for crossing state lines with the incite, I'm sorry, crossing state lines with intention to incite violence. Now, what does that mean? I mean, because to me, to me and you, it sounds like, wait a second, that sounds dangerously like I went from New York to Connecticut and made a speech and there was a fight in the parking lot and now I'm in handcuffs. I crossed interstate lines to promote a riot. I did no such thing. I'm not responsible for that. 
I was I was exercising my First Amendment rights. See, there is a gray area. And when I make a speech in Connecticut, uh, or in this case, uh, New Hampshire, and, you know, fistfights break out in the parking lot, have, have I conspired to incite interstate violence or interstate uh, traffic to commit to, you know, in, in, incite violence? I don't think so. But if Al Sharpton stands with a loudspeaker outside Freddy's Fashion Mart and says, kill the Jew, and they do, you know, maybe that's a different story. I don't know where the line is. I just know there is a line. And I don't know the line any better than I did when I read, when I was taught that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Now, I don't, again, today when I opened the show by telling you that I had sat here this morning making my show notes and it occurred to me, where does this end? I'll bet you I know the next step. I'll bet you that some Democrat judge is going to try to indict Trump and hold him responsible for some of these violent acts. I didn't say do it. I didn't say that's how I'd find if I were a judge. I just said, I'll bet that's what happens next. That's what you pay me to do. Tell the future. And I'll be darned if the future didn't occur about two hours later. A judge has done so. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying how I would find if I were the judge. How would you find? What 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 is the line? Is there a line? What is the line under the First Amendment between Al Sharpton in front of Freddie's Fashion Mart or Al Sharpton in a theater screaming fire when there is no fire and people, uh, 110 people die, suffocate, are stampeded to death in the rush to get out the exits when there was no fire because he was drunk and he did it as a joke? Is that First Amendment? Jay Severin. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. Welcome back, partners, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't forget, tomorrow night we have a special 9 to 12 p.m. Eastern. All the results, as quickly as anybody else, but unique analysis that you'll never get anywhere else. Um, Warren says to me, uh, does Trump intend to incite violence? It just happens as a result of his speeches. I don't believe he intends violence. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree. I haven't said that Trump ought to be arrested or indicted. I defend, I hereby defend all of his constitutional rights, including those rights under the First Amendment he wishes to exercise. I defend them. I defend to the death his right to be wrong, but I defend to the death his right to exercise his constitutional rights that I enjoy, that you enjoy. But there is a line Somewhere down south a hundred years ago, someone said, come on, let's go hang that Negro. Let's go. Let us go. Let's, let's you and I, let us go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. 
let's go, let's go kill that man. And then people said, they hesitated, but he said, I said, come on, let's go. And they goed. They went. And they hung someone. A lot of times. Any of those times, was that merely the exercise of free speech? Or is there such thing as incitement to violence? I think most of us agree, B, there is such a thing as incitement to violence. Many, many of us, including myself, are not prepared to say that Trump is guilty of that. But many of us, now that a judge in a court of law, at least as reported by Fox News, has found that he may be guilty of that, and I don't know what he's issued, a writ, a citation, a beseechment, an abatement, a promissory estoppel, I have no idea. I have to learn more. But I wondered from early this morning, you know, what's the next evolution of this? And it occurred to me, some Democrat judge is going to try to have Trump arrested for inciting violence or inciting a riot. And I, I've nev- never once endorsed the idea. I'm reporting to you and I'm asking questions. And a lot of you Trumpsters are really angry with me, which is okay. I'm, I still get to eat and sleep tonight. Uh, but I don't want you angry at me. I don't, you know, we may not be for the same person, but... I don't know if, if Trump is guilty of anything. The only thing I, and, and again, I didn't say anything. I asked, can we agree that Trump and all candidates are and ought to be, ought to be morally responsible, if not politically or legally? Ought they not be morally responsible for the cause and effect as they see it? of things they say, or anything else they say. I think that's kind of a given, isn't it? I mean, I didn't expect there to be any commotion about that. Of course we all ought to be morally responsible for what we say and support. I, I, did, you know, I never once today said that Trump was guilty of anything. I asked whether he is guilty of the letter of the law, and a judge evidently thinks so. I asked whether Donald Trump is guilty of the letter of the, I'm sorry, the spirit of the law. And a lot of people think he might be, he might not be, depending on whether there's there's a connection between punch him in the face, take him out on stretchers, I'll pay your legal bills, and then, you know, this guy assaults somebody. I don't know. I could just tell you in law, there are people prepared to make that argument and who have made it successfully before. Maybe not legitimately, but successfully. On the Blaze Radio Network.